Good morning, friends. All right. The first message, I was behind the cross. Well, I had prayed, you know, Lord, let me be behind the cross, but they said I can, we can't see you because you're behind the cross. So let's start out with prayer, shall we? Mm. Father God, what I want to thank you for is that you birthed this message in me a long time ago. You see, it's him calling me out of the world of darkness into his light. But then he, he didn't want to leave me there. He said, I'm going to call you out of that flesh. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to teach you how to walk in the spirit. I'm going to teach you a new way. And from that journey, he's changed my life by his love. And so today, Father God, I surrender my life because of this beautiful journey and because of your love for me and how much I love you. So, Father, have your way and prepare the hearts, God, for the people to receive your truth. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, before we uh, start, I wanted to tell you that you notice we have some visuals. So, anyone, any of the ladies who have been in my Bible studies or discipleship, they're like, oh, yeah, Um, she's a visual lady, right? But I want to give credit to my husband, because I have to tell you, I can, I'll come home and I'll say, honey, I want you to make these truth glasses out of toilet paper rolls. I want you to take the cardboard part, and I want you to make that, and then I want you to make it so it'll fit on my head so I can wear it. He does it. And uh, so I said, honey, I need a couple crosses to put on a chair. So... Uh, God blessed me with an uh, amazing uh, man to minister with, so I just want to thank you, Jim, come on, for helping me. All right. <laughs> so let's uh, stand for his word, shall we? <clears throat> well, the title is called Live Called, and I wanted to take a look at Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30, because the very first words he says come to me right come to me come to me he's calling us come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and i will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn from me for i am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You may have a seat. So we're going to start. The very first point is he calls us out of the world, and this chair represents the world. So I wanted to put a little light, little flashiness. You know, this is the chair. People are like, "Woo, yeah, this is the chair I want. Look what's happening here. Everybody's doing this. This is fun. Come on, you know, to represent You know, we were like, hey, who wants to have fun? Do what everybody else is doing, right? But I want to talk to you about what the Word of God says about the world. So let's take a look at the first scripture, which is 1 John 2, 15 through 17. And it's it's a scripture how he's telling us that he calls us out of the world. So this is 1 John 2, 15 through 17. It says, do not love the world, or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, 
Love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and all its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. Well, I think he made it pretty clear, right, how he feels about the, the world. In 1 John 5, 19, it says, we know that we are children of God and that the whole world is under the evil one. Okay, it's going a little deeper about what it's like there, right? And in Romans 12, 2, he says, do not conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and improve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So let's take a look at this, right? What's it like to live in the world, right? Well, I remember when I was in the world, I remember that very well. I remember that it was all about me. I remember that there was the lust of the flesh and it was me trying to control, right? I want, I think, I feel, you know? And in, in, in this worldly life, I had addictions, right? I had greed. I had anger. I had hatred towards people. I envied what people had, right? I had a lot of pride, a lot of pride. And, uh, and that pride is excessive view of oneself without regard for others. Yeah. And I had, uh, you know, in that was the love of money, perfectionism, judging, gossip, slander, complaining, critical, jealous, envy, bitterness, resentment, offense, comparison, and self-loathing. Right? Right? That's the world. Look at the flash. Woohoo! Everybody come here, do this. But you know, in, in this world, I, I still did good. Right? You know, God had given me a, a gift to organize and to be a leader and stuff, and so there's like, who will organize the, um, the Girl Scout cookie, you know, chair? Who will organize that? I will. Or the, and then they start asking me, who will do this? Oh, Joyce will. And so all of a sudden, I'm doing good all over the place, but I wasn't doing what God wanted me to do, and so in that, I got overwhelmed, right? Doing good. Overwhelmed, doing good but I wasn't doing what God wanted me to do. So in this place, I became very, very broken. I hurt people, and people hurt me because of sin. In here is my sinful nature, trying to be good, trying to be moral, trying of my own power. Couldn't do it. So in my brokenness, my brother came. And he said, how's life going? (laughs) How's life going? Ah!" And he says, I know a way. You see, I, I found Jesus. And he changed my life. Do you know, uh, he did something amazing for you, Joyce. He, uh, died on the cross for your sins. And he told me the story. And he says, there's a, There's a a bridge between the world to Jesus who loves you and wants to take care of you. And the bridge is 
the cross. He died for me. So he said to me, do you want to make that change? He said, oh, by the way, there's something else that's really powerful. He said, not only did he die for you, but he rose again and he stripped the enemy of power. I didn't kind of understand that. You know, I, I didn't know who the enemy was, right? Right then, you know, the enemy was a guy, right? And so I'm like, yeah, let's strip that guy of the power, right? So, so in here, so he said, there's a way. And it's in Romans. So let's take a look at Romans so we can see how he calls us from the world into the spirit. And, uh, oops. This is Romans 10, 9 and 10. Romans 10, 9 and 10. It says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believed and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. So my brother said, you want to say the prayer? I'm like, yes. And the bridge, which is the cross, took me over to chair number two. Now this is the second point, and this point is that he calls us to walk by the Spirit, not by our flesh. All right? So let's take a look and, and see what God says about this. So Galatians 5, 16 and 17 says this. For I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit. So now let's, let's really understand this. All the things that you were living over here, the flesh, I want, I think, I feel, Right? You know, even though you now have the Spirit of God living in you, that flesh has controlled you for a long time, right? Right? And you have to know this. The flesh is contrary. That means they are opposites. So it's really important now for you to learn what the Spirit says because all you know is what the flesh. All you know is the flesh. You don't know any different, right? So it says... For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other. How many people have experienced that? Uh, Right? That conflict. So that you, now listen to this, so that you are not to do whatever you want. Well, let's look at 1 Corinthians 3.16. He says, Do you know that you are not the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you now? So you've said the prayer, you're in the chair, and now you have the Spirit of God dwelling in you, but you know there is a a warring, right? Ezekiel 36, 27 says, I will put my Spirit within you and and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will be careful to observe my ordinances. So, Let's take a look at what that looks like, right? What does that look like, that warring, right? And one of the things I want to talk to you about with the spirit and, and the flesh is that if you aren't feeding the spirit, then that flesh will keep rising up and being stronger because 
the flesh wants to go back. The flesh goes, that was better because I had control. The enemy had control. So it's always wanting to go back. So that's why it's so important that you know what the Spirit says. Because right now, when you're there, you, you, you know it's contrary, but what does it say? How do you know what the Spirit says that's so different? Well, God has given us the Word of God. The Word of God tells us the, what it's like, how it's different. And our relationship with Him guides us. So, the first thing the, en- the enemy wants to do is to get you not to study the word of God. Get you out, because he wants you to say, nope, your flesh is the way, flesh is the way, flesh is the way, right? But there's a new way with the spirit. One of the things that the enemy does is he doesn't want you to make a commitment. He doesn't want you to make a commitment to reading your Bible. He does not want you to make a commitment to a quiet time with him because he wants the flesh right? He does not want you to commit to coming to church. He does not want you to do anything else. I mean, if you look at this church, there are connect groups. He wants to keep you alone, and God says, we're the body. We need to come together and help each other. He says, join a connect group. Help out at the church. And if you're like, I've got this deep, deep wound, we have a freedom healing ministry that you can go to. This church provides many ways to help you to get out of the flesh and into the spirit. So let's take a look at how that works, what that looks like. So we have the spirit of God in us, right? And we also have that flesh because, you know, all my life I've been living out of the flesh. It's my habit. It's my go-to. I don't know, you know, I don't know anything different. But as we make it, the spirit of God's in us, the Spirit of God is going to start guiding us. There's a strength. There's a, you know, it's like the, um, the tour guide. I had shared this with the group. When, uh, if you sign up for a tour, right, you're going someplace, you sign up for a, t- a tour, and so you're, the reason that you sign up for the tour that has a tour guide is so that you will listen to the tour guide. You don't sign up for the tour, and then you go, I'm not paying attention. Or, I don't like the way that, uh, I don't like the way that guides take, where he's taking us. I'm going to go a different way, right? It's the same thing with the Holy Spirit. You sign up for the tour guide, right? To listen to what the tour guide is, is saying. And following the tour guide. So, what happens is, we're in this chair now, right? And we've got the flesh and the spirit, right? Warring, we know, and we know that we have to know what the Spirit is saying because it's opposite. And what he does is he'll shine a light on something. He'll shine a light on my, on my thoughts. And he'll say, I want you to start thinking differently. And he'll speak to me in the Word. He'll speak to me all over the place, right? Songs, he, he kind of hems you in because he's calling you into freedom. He's calling you into a better way. He'll shine it on your eyes. What you looking at, right? What are you looking at? There's a better way, right? And he's, so he calls us. Shine some things on my ears. What are you listening to, right? Shines on my mouth. Where's the big, lo- I need a great big beam going there. He'll shine it on my mouth, right? He'll say, ah. Okay, okay, I get it. 
he'll shine it on it. Jim, come on, I heard you laugh the hardest. And he'll shine it on my heart. And he'll say, I don't want you to judge people, right? So what he does is he starts shining things, right? And we can either say, oh, that's really good. Yep, I got to change that. Yep, yep. Or I say, Holy Spirit, show me, teach me, what's the truth? How do I, you're, you're calling me to think differently. How do I do that? right? Because it is that submission. Over here you go, yep, I'm going to change my mouth. Yep, I'm going to do it. I'm going to say this scripture every day, I, 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 I. I can't do it. I tried. I tried doing in Jesus' name of my own power. I could not do it. And so, so in this now, as he's shining the light on something, you surrender because you can't do it, Right? So let's do a, a real-world application, right? It's always good to have, you hear this stuff and you say, well, how do we do this, right? How do we do this? So I'm going to give an example of surrendering my thoughts. So he shines the light on my thoughts. He says, Joyce, I want you to think differently, right? So, we, you know, many ways he shines the light. So... I want to change the way I think. So I surrender. I go, okay, talk to me about it. How do I do this? So let's take a look at Psalm 55.3 so that we understand about thoughts. So this is what he's saying about our thoughts. He says, well, because the voice of the enemy. Okay. So now he's telling me in my thoughts, there is a voice that's the enemy. I'm like, oh, I never... I just thought it was my negative thoughts, right? He says, there's a voice of the enemy because of the pressure of the wicked. He pressures in my thoughts, right? For they bring down trouble upon me, and in anger they bear a grudge against me. So now I know he's talking to me about my thoughts that there is another voice in there, the enemy. But as I continue, okay, I'm learning that. So what do I do about that? Well, he gave me 2 Corinthians 10.5. And he said, well, I want you to demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and I want you to take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. So in this chair, as I sur surrender, I start saying, okay, what does that mean? Well, I want to make sure I understand the truth, so I look up the word arguments. So he wants me to demolish, to get rid of arguments. What is an argument? And it said opposing view. Ooh, that's the flesh, right? Opposes the spirit. So then again, he's telling me, you got to know what the spirit says. Got to know what the truth says. He's reminding me again, got to know. Okay, all right. And then he says, in every pretension, I'm like, what's a pretension? He says, well, a pretension is a claim to something. Oh, oh, yeah, I used to say, like, depression ran in my family. Or I used to say, um, uh, why did you make me this way? I'm so animated. I too, have too much energy, and people agreed, and blah, 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 right? And I'm a, a claim that I'm that. Well, 
then I heard the truth say, Joyce, I made you that way. I am counting on you telling everybody about me enthusiastically. Ooh, see what the truth did? Mm -hmm. So I have to think about what I'm thinking, right? I have to take the thoughts captive. So let me take a thought so I can show you. A thought comes in my head. So here's the thought that came in my head. It said this, you are going to be really stupid on Sunday when you give the message. You're going to mess up and it's going to be horrible, blah, 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 blah. right? <laughs> so I take that thought captive. Now, how do I make it obedient to Christ? Well, let's take a look. I want to give you a visual about the voices in our head. So, God's voice calms and comforts and convicts, encourages, enlightens, leads, and reassures me. Ooh, I want to hear that voice, right? Right? But I have an enemy's voice, right? We, t- we heard about the enemy in Psalm, a voice that obsesses, worries, condemns, discourages, confuses, pushes, frightens, and rushes. So I take that thought that says, you're going to sound stupid, Joyce. What was I hearing? Yeah, which one? Worry. Look at, like all of the above? Right, all of the above, right? So I'm going to take fear, because I planned that. So I'm going to take fear. So I take that, and he's trying to make me afraid, coming up here. He's like, you're going to sound stupid. So I take that thought, and I go, what's the truth Because, see, that's opposite. What's the truth? What would God say? And he says, well, in the word of God, there's 2 Timothy 1.7. Oh, yeah. So whenever fear comes in, this is what I want you to say. Huh. For God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. So what he's saying, here's your new way, Joyce. When When you sit here, right, and... That voice comes, you take it captive, you look at it, and you go, what's the truth? That's the Spirit. Walking by the Spirit, it's new, it's different, right? So what we do then is we start looking at the truth. So I want to tell you the the visual that God had given me about the truth. So there's an amazing scripture, and it is, let me get it. Proverbs 18.10. And it says, it's also a song, the name of the Lord is a strong tower the righteous run into. Right? And they're safe. So, what he showed me, he says, Joyce, when people receive Jesus as their personal Savior, they're in this strong tower. And the tower is surrounding them, and the tower is the truth. They're the promises and you're in the tower, right? So the spirit, the tower. What the enemy does is this. He takes that arrow of lies, and he shoots it at the tower, and it hits the tower and pings, but it bounces off because it has no power, right? He was stripped of the power. Ping, bounces off. What's left is the ping. The pings are the lies. They have no power except to get you to believe the lies. So what you do 
with the pings is you stand here and you go, okay, ho, ping. And you can tell you're losing your peace. What? Humble yourself. Don't do it of your own power. Lord, what, what's the truth? What's the truth? And what you, what you become are sticky note people because you're in your tower and you're going, ping, what's the truth? And he goes, for God has not given you a spirit of fear but a power and love and sound mind. So I take that sticky note and I put it right up in that ping. And I pay attention when that ping comes. Fear, ah, uh, oh, yeah. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And I'm standing, another ping comes. Oh, I humble myself. What's the truth, Lord? What's the truth about this? Right? What's the truth? And so we become sticky note tower people. <laughs> we spend our lives, what's the truth? Putting the sticky notes because they're already there. We just don't know them yet. They're already there. He has covered. He has taken away every lie. So I have to tell you this beautiful story. I'm meeting with a lovely sister in Christ who's on fire for the Lord. She is 84 years old. And she started... saying, Lord, what's the truth? And she said to me, my life began at age 80. My life began at age 80. At age 80, she started, she's like, hey, there's a different way. There's a different way. How old are you? Can your life begin today at your age? So I got to tell you this story with, with me in here. So here I am last week, right? And I went away so the Lord could guide me on this message. And I went up to uh, a condo by a lake, and there was nobody there. I mean, nobody. It's just set up for nice, nice weather, right? And the whole time I was there, I saw one person, like, over at the restaurant, driving a, a truck, nobody. And ah, my flesh. I was like, ooh, this is feeling funny. I, I was like, I want to go home. Right, I want to be around people. I don't know, my, but my flesh was just. So I went outside and I looked at nature. Thank you, God, I see you, I see you. And I had done this a year before when God, you know, laid, laid out the message, right? But my flesh, and I was like, huh, well, might as well start the message, right? So I got up, and I had taken notes. I had been, you know, taking notes for a long time in scriptures, and so I just go through everything. He organizes it. And so I'm, you know, going through everything, and I'm typing away, and all of a sudden I go, oh, this is too hard. <laughs> this is too hard. I'm like, oh. I go, well, I got to stop this. So I went to bed, and I watched the story of Daniel, um, um, on my phone, I fell asleep. At 2.30, I woke up wrestling with the Lord. Wrestling from 2.30 to 4. I was like, this is the message. I was going over the message. I was, you know, I was wrestling in the flesh, right? And at 4 o'clock, all of a sudden, it hit me. I hadn't surrendered. I was writing, the, I was writing it. That's, you know, here's a good clue. 
it is too hard. You know you're doing it in your flesh when you say that, right? It's too hard, right? Oh my gosh, I repented, I cried. I cried thinking that I would even write this message. It just made me cry, I repented. I go, Lord, I surrender this to you. I'm so sorry. So, four o'clock, I get up, I have my quiet time, and then time to write the message, and I go, Lord, okay, let's redo the beginning, right? And I looked at it. I didn't have to change a thing. This is the part that wants me to go here. You see, in my weakness, his strength came through. In my brokenness, in my flesh, he, he did it. He did it. I was like, then I cried again because the beginning, when I wrote my flesh, right, oh, this is hard, he took over. That's who he is, right? That's who he is. It doesn't matter if you're broken. It doesn't matter. His strength is made perfect in your weakness, right? So then I get to do the, the, the rest of it. Ease of heaven. Easy breezy lemon squeezy. It was, you know, easy. I was like, oh, God, right? That's surrender. Let's take a look at how he calls us to chair number three. Chair number three, he calls us to be his spirit. Let's take a look at Galatians 5, 22 through 24. It says, but the fruit of the spirit, now I want to, doesn't say this, but I want you to understand the spirit is his love, his joy, his peace, his patience, his kindness, his goodness, his faithfulness, his gentleness, his self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And so what happens here is we start this journey of his shining the things on our here, something he wants to change, right? And we start going, I surrender, Lord God. And, and as he speaks to us the truth, right, and we start walking in the truth, more and more of our lives are lived by the Spirit of God. So I want to tell you a, a, a story about how he, he uh, pruned me. So, in fact, there was a staff day away, and the pastors were like saying, hey, share something that the Lord has done. And I'm like, Lord, what do you want me to say? And he goes, talk about you being pruned. I'm like, yeah, okay. So what had happened is he started shining the light. He said, uh, you are looking at vacation days and days off and um, time spent in ministry, um, as, as your days. He said, uh, every day is a follow me day. You get up, no matter what day it is, and you follow me. So he's shining that light on me over here. And I'm like, okay. And you know how I knew? Can I tell you the stress I had? So I had a week off. And we were staying home because we just, you know, bought a new house and working on the house. 
And on that vacation at the end, I was like, oh, all I did was help people on my vacation. <laughs> it cracks me up that I said that, right? All I did was help. I'm like, on my vacation, I was helping people. What about my vacation? <laughs> and he's like, shining the light on that, right? He's like, it is not. Just listen to what you're saying, right? And I'm like, oh, okay, right? And so I started surrendering, right? And I started, and I got to tell you, though, it took a little bit because it was such a habit of doing that. I had to catch myself, nope, nope, because it was kind of my go-to, right? So I, it took me a while. I had to get that sticky note. I had to keep on, yep, what's that sticky note? Yep, nope. It's a follow him day. I'm not going to look at my day. I'm not going to look at my schedule. I'm not, nope, it's a follow him. I'm not going to plan what I'm going to do Saturday. I'm not going to plan. It's a follow him. And then all of a sudden, oh, I'm walking by the Spirit more and more. So he's calling you today. He says, the ping. You can get that ping, and you can walk around the problem. Ah, I can't shut my mouth. No matter how I try, I can't shut my mouth. I tried, I can't do it. That's not me, right? You can keep on walking around that problem. Or you can surrender it, and you can walk around the promise, walk around the truth, walk around the truth, and rest. You get to rest in his promises. The other way, you're walking around, walking around, walking around. But it takes time because that old habit comes up, right? Oop, what's the truth? What's the truth? I surrender it. I want to finish with Oswald Chambers. It's kind of interesting when, you, when you're going through things, how the Lord hems you in. You know, when you're there and you're, you're surrendering, he kind of hems you in with what you need. And it just so, he uh, put this book in my life and it just started speaking to me. So Oswald Chambers says this, the expression of Christian character is not doing good. Remember how in here I was doing good? But God-likeness. If the Spirit of God has transformed you within, right, you will exhibit divine characteristics in life, not good human characteristics. Now, I want to put this up here because I want you to, this is the last part, and this just spoke to me from Oswald, it says, God's life in us expresses itself as God's life, not as human life trying to be godly. Let me say that one more time. God's life in us expresses us as God's life, not as human life trying to be godly. So uh, I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. And I want to talk to you about the transition, how you're being called out of the 
of the world if you're here today. And God called you here. And he said, there's a bridge that's going to make your life better because of my son, Jesus Christ. And he says, there is a new way. I have loved you from the beginning. My love will sustain you. All you have to do. Right? Confess with your mouth. Believe in your heart. If that is you today, I'd like for you to raise your hand if you would like to make that step from the world to the spirit. I see that hand. Mm -hmm. I see that hand. I see that hand. Now, I want to talk to the rest of you. How many of you want to say the prayer together and say, I want to say that prayer and I want to make a commitment to that because I don't want to live my life with that same old problem, that same old thing. I want to live my life to walk in peace and love in a way that you've never experienced before. If that is you, I want you to say the prayer also. So I'm going to say the prayer, and I'm going to, those who want to or are saying, I, 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 want, I don't want to live in the world anymore. I see that Jesus Christ, I see that love, I see the power. I want you to pray, and if you want to commit yourself to walking the Spirit, I want you to say it also, all right? Dear Father, I hear you calling me. I ask that you come into my heart. I believe you sent your son to die on the cross just for me. I confess I am a sinner that needs a savior. I choose you in Jesus' name. Now I'd like for you all to stand. If you're in this chair, if you got something he's shining on and you're like, I, you know, we all are, right? I was there last week, <laughs> right? You know, it's a, it's a continuum. What's so beautiful is more and more as you, as you learn the truth, you live more and more in this chair, more and more, more and more in this chair, right? That's what he's calling us to this chair. So if you want to live by the Spirit and not by your flesh, Hold your hands out, and I'm going to pray for you. Father God, you, you know the hearts. You're calling them today. You've called them to an, a new way, a new life. So, Father, these hands that are out are surrendering to you and saying, show me, teach me how to walk by the Spirit in this area. What are you shining? What's he shining? Father, I need your help in this area. I surrender. I can't do it. What's the truth? Help me, God. And in that submission... In your weakness, the strength of the mighty God, of the Spirit, will rise up in you. And I thank you, God, that today is a new day. I thank you, God, for some people, they're like, I'm going to chair number three. That's three, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I want to live my life here. 
I don't want to go around that same old problem. Hallelujah. <laughs> so what I'm going to ask right now, we're going to, I'm going to close, but I want you to just take a couple minutes. If you want to sit or stand, just to be still. You know, I ended it a little early so that you could just be still and say, Lord, speak to me. If you have to go, you can go. Go at your own you know, time. But I want you to take this time right now and say, Lord, show me, teach me. So I thank God for all of you. I could not be here without you. We're the body. So be blessed. Chair number three, in Jesus' name, amen.